Gee, Steve, what are we going to do tonight? Same thing we do every podcast. Tell them how we season. Here we go. It's How We Seize It, episode 145. Uh, this week we're tackling the newest uh, movie, Elvis, uh, released out in 2022. Um, I, I didn't even realize this was a theater release when you told me about it. Uh, it, well, I actually, it, had, it had a major theater release and then it just dropped on HBO like a, yeah. a week or two ago. So, so it's. Well, I guess like... at some point this this topped uh, Maverick for the week. I don't know if it was uh, you know later on in Maverick's uh, down, but it. it I saw that it topped Maverick for a week at least, so. Probably. Yeah, I think Maverick has been out <laughs> long enough to where, uh, yeah. you know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, so it was funny, though, because I went to look. Like, I'm like, okay, let me find out where this is on. And it comes up and it says, find movie times. I'm like, oh, it's in the theater. Okay. No movie times. I'm like, how am I going to see this? And then I saw <laughs> HBO. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, had me worried for a moment. Oh, no, no. Anyway. <laughs> I was like, oh, I committed to watch something, and now I can't find it. <laughs> no, it's all good. It is on HBO right now, um, so that's good. Uh, uh, here on How We Sees It, I'm Noah, one of the main hosts, and with me, as always, is my main man, Steve. Say hi, Steve. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's my uh, Elvis impression, the one I'm going to do, and that's it. Uh, even though I have been kind of singing Are You Lonesome Tonight out loud uh, and mo- mainly to myself, but uh, but I but I can't help it. Sometimes uh, his voice gets in me, and I, I could see that. <laughs> I I don't I don't necessarily do an Elvis impersonation. I do a Eddie Murphy impersonating Elvis. <laughs> We're gonna uh, win this race. That's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I stole that line from you. I guess. <laughs> uh, no, but that's uh, that that's the one I always do. And lemonade, <laughs> that cool refreshing drink. <laughs> that's right. And then, <laughs> yeah. thank you very much. Well, that's exactly where I got the thank you, thank you very much from. I guess too. So yeah, <laughs> it's all from Eddie Murphy. Exactly. The delirious uh, sound, which which is probably from our generation more prevalent. Cause I mean, I know the King, I was alive when he was around, he, he died in 77. So I was, you know, I think seven years old when, when he, he passed, but I really, you know, my only memory of him, I think, I think I, I first learned of him at Disneyland because they had that America Sings uh, ride, which was kind of this revolving, oh. revolving stage. And they had a whole bunch of music that would go through the generations of America. And there was okay. one there was one setup where it was oh, I even wrote this down because I had to look it up, but I, I listened to the to the to the music from and it brought back memories because I'd seen I think I'd I think hmm. I actually I think I actually had a record of the of the music back back in the seventies, but it was a it was their animatronics uh yeah, doing, yeah, yeah, right. doing the stuff and this was a uh, you know um a rooster, a stork, a porcupine, a hound dog, and an alligator, and they sang "Hound Dog." You know, it was. And they, oh, okay. It was. It wasn't Elvis's voice, but it was kind of his his rendition, his style. Uh, but it was yeah. from the Hound Dog. Yeah, you ain't oh, nothing but a hound dog. I think they said rocking all the time rather than crying all the time. But that's that's what I remember. And for some reason, oh my god, I that's funny. That that's how my, I remember my it. Earliest memory of Elvis, even though it wasn't Elvis' his voice, but I think they were trying right. to mimic him a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I uh, 
I didn't grow up with Elvis. I mean, I mean, I knew who he was. I knew his music, but my my dad was not like a big Elvis head, or you know, uh, yeah, I remember the Beatles being played a lot more than Elvis, <laughs> uh, or even Willie Nelson. You know, my dad was more of a Willie Nelson guy. It, so. was, it was Barbara Streisand and Neil Diamond at my house, so it was pretty. <laughs> it was pretty sad. Although it, I did have a friend in high school who was obsessed with Elvis, and I remember, you know hanging out at his house and his whole room was decked out in I I had a couple of friends like that too. Yeah, I think he even did a lip sync uh during high school where he did a <laughs> uh, you know the lip sync contest and he did an Elvis Elvis song. I remember yeah. one of my friends his mom had the 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 uh, black velvet Elvis on the wall. You yeah. know the the he had one of those and just you know it was like it was like you know praising over the whole like it it was the biggest piece of furniture in the room like on the wall it was literally like six feet tall kind of thing it was <laughs> huge uh but yeah it it is what it is um here on uh how we seize it one of the things we like to do uh is we pair a cocktail or a drink to um to the movie uh you know it's funny i was talking and, and i'll probably go to hell for this one but uh i was talking to my buddy who who's <laughs> grew up a pretty good elvis fan and he's he's like oh so what cocktail are you doing i'm like oh, i'm not doing a cocktail i'm just gonna take pills <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, he's like, oh man. I was like, yeah, I was gonna make a cocktail of pills up, uh, but no, that's not what I did this time. No. Um, we 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 put together some uh, cocktails for this one, like we always do. And no. I'm gonna let you go first, Steve. All right. Uh, this one wasn't called out in the in the movie, but uh, but <laughs> one of the things the movie kind of led me to was a lot of you know looking up YouTube videos and stuff and research. It's just because it's it, it, you you kind of want to know what he's all about and what you know how where where his charisma comes from. But one of the things I remembered from oh, I don't know 5 years ago when I was eating at a restaurant in Petaluma was <laughs> I I had this burger and it was called the Elvis burger and it had you know peanut butter and egg and bacon it was and jelly and it was it was like what the what the hell is this? So when I was doing my research, I kind of I I I remembered that, and so I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna take a look at what this is. And apparently, he was, re <laughs> he was really into um, PB and Bs, which is like peanut yep. butter and banana or banana. peanut butter and bacon. He also had one that he liked called a uh, fool's gold. Um, I have it written down here: fool's gold loaf, a loaf of French bread filled with a pound each of bacon, peanut butter, and grape jelly. So I used oh I know, that sounds horrible. So so I used this to to I looked for like a PB and J drink and I did find something I used that to kind of model off of, of my own concoction. So this is based off a of PB and J drink. It uses a peanut butter whiskey which I found. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's called um, Screwball peanut butter whiskey. Yeah yeah. <laughs> and um, I used uh, an. Two ounces of that, an ounce of Chambord, which is, you know, get your, that's your jelly. Uh -huh. That's where you got your jelly. Okay. I, I used a half ounce. The PB&J the, the, the called for a cranberry juice and uh, Cointreau or triple sec. So instead of the cranberry juice, I used the, the Chambord, Chambord. And um, instead of the Cointreau, I went with a, cream, a, a creme de banana, you know, a banana liqueur nice. that I had. Yeah, right. So, so I, I had a half ounce of that and I mixed that together or I stirred it on ice uh, in, a, in a glass and, and strained it into a, into a coop. And then I, uh, I fried up some bacon and put that as some garbage. Oh, so no. I had a piece of bacon on there. So nice. I, I called this, um, uh, the PB King, which I thought was kind of clever because, you know, BB King is a character in the, in the movie, but here we're doing the, the PB King because we got the King and a peanut butter drink. So this is my PB King and it is surprisingly, it's sweet, 
but it is okay. really delicious. I, I considering I, you know, I kind of went for my own thing here. I'm, I'm yeah. I, and I was a little nervous about it being too sweet and it is sweet, but it's, it's tasty. So the, nice. PB, the PB King cheers. <laughs> Nice. That's I've good. I've already been drinking, and I got a second one made of here. <laughs> uh, you know, I went down a similar road, and uh, I started looking at just Elvis drinks. And I, I first I found one that that was right up my alley a little bit because it was um, grapefruit juice, gin, and um, then it topped with an IPA. And I'm like, oh. That I saw actually that. sounds pretty. It's called the Elvis, yeah. right? Right? Or, or so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I really, uh, it sounds pretty good. But then as I started looking, I started seeing all these other ones, these peanut butter banana sandwich type ones. <laughs> and uh, I, so I'm, I kind of, I'm kind of with you. And, and so I found one, it's called, um, it was called We Miss You Elvis. And uh, the one that, the reason that got me is because they, they, they rimmed their glass with uh, crushed up peanuts. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. But I got them one better. I got this, this powder, it's called PB2, and it's like a peanut butter powder. So it's kind of like a dehydrated peanut butter that they they you know bust up into a kind of a powder form and i'm like oh that'd be perfect for rim in a glass <laughs> so then i'm like i just got to figure out what to do with the drink and a lot of different variations of it that i found and so what i ended up with is i have this bottle of 99 bananas which is a, a banana liqueur and it's a it's 99 proof so it's it's a kick-ass oh, kind okay. of yeah uh but this is one that we did with the big lebowski i used it for that and i really liked it with the drinks i was doing i was like oh, let me give that a shot and so uh, with that, I, I went with a vanilla vodka because that was what most of the other ones were basing theirs with. Was the so that gives me my peanut butter, my banana, a little bit of vanilla, um, and then um, I went with a bourbon cream because uh, some of the other ones I found actually had a peanut butter cream liqueur, but I couldn't find one at our local uh, non-sponsored uh, liquor store, Bottle Barn. They didn't have it. They did have that screwball whiskey because I actually looked at that today too. <laughs> I, I was like, oh. I looked I looked for it there online and they didn't have anything listed. So, uh, but I looked it up at, uh, at um, I think uh, they have it at Safeway. Devmo. And, and so I went over there too because I also wanted to pick up some uh, Benedictine too. And, and they Yeah, I've seen it. that one at Safeway. That, that screwball is kind of a common one. Yeah. This is where I'm I'm kicking our you know for not having like a uh, uh, a wine and more because I know those guys have all the different stuff because I've seen several different things there. So instead of having that peanut butter cream uh, liqueur, I went with the the bourbon because Tennessee is a whiskey. Bourbon is a whiskey. You know, it kind of kind of tied it back in. So I went with that. I thought about the bacon for a minute, but then I was like, no, nah, I, I, it just doesn't doesn't lend itself to a bacon. But so that's what I end up with: half ounce or one and a half ounce of the banana, one and a half ounce of the vanilla vodka, one and a half ounce of the 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 bourbon cream, uh, and a half ounce of that peanut butter powder into a shaker, uh, with a little into bit of that shaker. That, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I went into a free foam and uh, added some of that free foam. So tried to get it foamy. Uh-huh. Uh, it didn't really work out as well as I was hoping. <laughs> um, I, and it might have been. And I, I, I scrambled with my shaker and some issues with that. So then I did that, uh, cooled it down, threw it in my glass, got a good picture of it with the rimmed. Uh, I did the rim with that peanut butter powder too. So uh, and then I added a couple sliced bananas as uh, as some garnish. Yeah, and it's it's actually pretty good. I, I was really surprised the banana dropped in there, and I pulled it out and kind of got a nice cold banana that got <laughs> soaked in a little bit. I was like, damn, that's actually really good. And so I think if I would do this next time, um, I'd switch this up and I would go blender, throw a whole banana in it, uh, throw a little bit of real peanut butter in there, and then and then blend it up and get kind of more of like a, a thicker, creamier kind of peanut thing. butter banana split. Like yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. And so, but it, it it's tasty. It's it's strong. That 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 ninety nine bananas. It it brings its game. You know, it doesn't it doesn't play around. You know, mine tastes a lot like a, an old fashioned, and I think you made an old fashioned once with some bacon for. for I did. Something. I I used that bacon yeah. uh, infused whiskey. So I think it really lends itself to to or at least the whiskey in here is it, and the peanut butter whiskey is nice. So. Yeah, that's kind of a. I I noticed that. It's a uh, people have been talking. I've, I've seen people talk about that peanut butter whiskey, and it. I, I've had vanilla whiskey. I've had orange. I've had honey. Uh, um, <laughs> even uh, black cherry. I haven't had a peanut butter. I wonder how that how that would be. So you know, when I was these in, days, I have to give it a shot. When I was at Bevmo and I had the bottle in my in my hand, uh, a guy came up and said, "Hey, you finding everything okay?" And he he said um, he said, "You know, if you get the bigger bottle, uh, it's on the five cent. You know." discount i guess it means you can buy yeah. one and get the next one for five cents and i said i said that's fine but i don't think i want a whole big you know big <laughs> bottle of this because i kind of had i had the smaller bottle it's like peanut butter yeah. whiskey no i think i think this is kind of a one and done well, I, I think with that five five cent thing is is you can get another bottle of a different another different you bottle you can my yeah. point my point was i didn't want to i'd rather spend <laughs> less money for a smaller bottle and you know i get you I, I, just because otherwise i'm stuck with a bottle a big a big yeah. bottle of, of pb whiskey and <laughs> uh yeah no i i understand that holy my wife understands it because every time she looks at the uh liquor cabinet now she's like what in the hell we right so i, I was happy to find the banana cream i think i used that once before for yeah. when i got a big bottle so it's like okay well at least i could start trimming this down <laughs> i'm i'm really happy with that 99 bananas and and the 99 uh brand has a bunch of other flavors uh just none local um i need to need to get a trip to uh, sacramento again get i need to get a work trip so i can get paid to go to uh to the <laughs> liquor store and, and bring some stuff <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so um but no it's yeah it's good stuff um all right, well let's 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 get into this Elvis movie now. Um, I you know I didn't know a lot about Elvis's real life. Like you know you, you everybody thinks they know something about Elvis because he was very popular and and everybody knows his music for the most part and everybody knows he died tragically. You know supposedly a heart attack on the bat you know toilet kind of thing and yeah. you know he 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 just. I didn't realize how crazy of a life he had. I mean, we, everybody knows about his wife, Priscilla, which seems like a really strange thing that he, you know, he married her when she was 14. I think he was 24. Um, you know, really, really odd, just odd things like that. Uh, I knew about his time in the army, um, very little of it. I, I knew he enlisted. Uh, it sounds like he didn't do too much real army stuff. <laughs> Oh right, you know? yeah, it was more kind of promotional, more <laughs> publicity. Yeah, you know they had him. I'm sure they had him over there rotating around, singing to the troops and stuff, which is, I, I think that's totally awesome. I, I, I'm not opposed to that. Um, you know, it doesn't. I'm not gonna say it doesn't make him a veteran, but it doesn't make him, you know, someone that really was at war. You know, but he he did he did his time and 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 helped out in the ways he could. It's kind of interesting how you know our generation knows knows Elvis from, you know, movies like Forrest Gump, where it, you know, <laughs> it's that little background where it shows, I, I think that was actually yeah. Kurt, Kurt Russell playing that, uh, that role where he's talking to Forrest and you can see him kind of out of focus in the background. like, what do you think of this? And, you know, and, doing, <laughs> and then he's doing his little, his little dance moves. His, and, his shimmy. Yeah. And, and Forrest uh, mimics that and starts doing that, that himself. And, and uh, it kind of helps with, with his, his healing of his legs and stuff. Um, so, 
we don't know. Yeah, we're not exposed directly to Elvis. Now we've got YouTube, though. And I'll say, you know, when I started hitting the, the links, there's so much stuff out there that really shows him off uh, in good ways and bad, you know? Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I, I see what you mean. Um, I knew a little bit about Elvis, and I, I wish I would have known more about it earlier. And I did a little research into it today um, that Elvis was really into uh, Kempo karate. Um, and we know this directly that he uh, he actually trained with Ed Parker, who yeah. were part of the lineage from Ed Parker. And so I was a little bit intrigued by that. And uh, so when I started to look into it, uh, it 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 took a little shine off of of the feeling for it because <laughs> uh, as as much as he was actually really into uh, martial arts and stuff like that, he he also had a little bit of that celebrity martial art style where um, you know he did train for almost 15, 16 years. You know he he actually started when he was in the army and then trained up until his death, but. Um, uh, at one point, he ended up getting a seventh-degree black belt from a guy, and I, I had written his name down. I don't have it with me right now. And it's just one of those It's kind of like he wanted a seventh-degree because he liked the number seven. And it, he didn't actually deserve a seventh-degree, but uh, I did see that he, he uh, it was one of the um, black belts under Ed Parker, actually put him through like a six-week kind of workout challenge kind of thing to make sure he actually deserved his, his Ed Parker uh, black belt. Um, so, uh, it's, uh, he had, he had some skills, but he wasn't necessarily as, as high up as in, into it as I was kind of thought he was originally, which was a little bit of a downer. Uh, but it's still, you know, it's, it's kind of like you said with, uh, with going into the military, it's, it's, it's publicity. It's, it's, I'm sure, I'm sure Kempo, Ed Parker's system, they, you know, use Elvis as a way of kind of promoting their system. It's like, Hey, it was a Elvis little of Presley both. Did um, but, uh, but yeah, um, I'm glad, I'm glad Ed Parker put him through the ringer as far as earning his belt, because it well, diminishes it sounds, your system if you're just handing out seventh degree yeah. black belts to. Well, it sounds like he was, he was with Parker in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and then maybe went elsewhere when Parker wasn't just giving him kind of stuff. Well, Parker, what I was, read it too. He was kind of a, a showman as well. You know, he, he yeah. was the one, he, he's got a lot of stuff where he showed up, you know, he was on, he was on on TV shows demonstrating his stuff. And, and, uh, so I, yeah. I think, I think there's a lot of commonality between the two of them. So <laughs> <laughs> oh my, my cat's going nuts. He's trying to, my cat knows I got treats up here. So he's like literally grabbing my arm. That's hilarious. Uh, a <laughs> little distracting. Uh, one of the things I didn't know was how, uh, tragic essentially his life wasn't in, in the aspect of his manager. I had no clue. Um, I don't, I didn't either. I'd never even heard of Colonel Cur Tom Parker. Yeah. Tom. Is it Tom? It's Tom Parker. No, uh, yeah, Tom yeah. Parker. I was going to say, no, it's Tom Hanks. No, it's Tom Parker. <laughs> Colonel Tom Parker. Um, I didn't know any of that. And it was, it was an interesting point of view of this story to kind of take it from his point of view. But, there, you know, I'm, I'm going to hold off on, on talking about that yet because I don't think we're there. Uh, because, well, let, let's, I want to back up and talk about the director, Baz Luhrmann, okay. because, yeah, yeah. um, he has a particular style that is very recognizable. And I, I, I think he's got a particular style that if you don't like it, uh, mm. you know, which you're not going to like any of his movies. Cause he has this tendency of going, um, 
going fast forward on the editing, you know, just kind of this this glamorized blitz of of images. Uh, yes. Okay. It, it, yeah. Yeah. He has a he has a style that can be really exhausting. It lends itself to Elvis being kind of that flashy, glitzy Vegas showman, but it can also be distracting. It can, and it makes you know this movie clocked in at two hours and thirty nine minutes, which hopefully uh, we don't we don't get anywhere near that. Even though occasionally we tend to go longer <laughs> than the movies with our podcasts, but but um, but uh, no, never. Even with a with a movie of that length, this came across as even longer than that because it's just so draining. I'm, I I think sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. I'm not turned off by okay. the style. But Moulin Rouge was a movie that my wife and I just fell in love with, or at least the romance of it. In fact, we're going to go see the uh, the uh, the show down that's in San Francisco. I think it won a bunch of Tonys or something. It's but it's called Baz Luhrmann's Moulin Rouge because he kind of okay, uh, you know, it takes a lot of the music from that that movie. Um, but but he's a he's a challenge. He's a director that makes things. A little tricky to enjoy because I mean he's going to turn a lot of people off because of that style. I can see uh, one of the things I noticed he did was Romeo and Juliet, uh, yeah. and that was like two thousand six, uh, and that was a it was like a modern take on the classic. And I know a lot of people you you kind of either liked it or you didn't like it. It was one of those you know because they 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 updated it to be kind of more modern, but they kept some of the language from the original if i remember or like the the actual shakespearean right. uh i actually remember enjoying it um so i it's hard to say but i, he, I get what you're he, saying and then he had uh leonardo dicaprio back for the great gatsby which i think was his last movie before elvis which but that was like 10 years ago i don't know if i've seen that that one i did see. i know the name i didn't actually I know the see name. romeo and juliet i know it very well because oh, okay <laughs> the trailer played at blockbuster video quite often that's when i was still uh, working there back in back in 96 so i so i saw the trailer a lot but i never i never was interested in seeing it i don't know why um, i get it i mean well it, at that time that's it was you're either into it or you weren't yeah yeah i remember seeing australia in the theater once um, okay, and that was with Hugh Jackman, I think, right? And yes, Hugh Jackman and and uh, and the it's, other one, uh, <laughs> yeah, her, uh, from, Nicole Kidman, yeah, from Moulin Rouge. So he, he it sounds like he recasts a lot of people. Um, okay, he doesn't have. I mean, he's got Strictly Ballroom as well, but other than that, I think that's the the breadth of his his movies. But at the same time. He brings something to his movies that makes it, you know, gives him kind of top billing. It's like Baz Luhrmann's Moulin Rouge, Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. Okay. You're gonna get his take on it. This isn't. This is a biopic, but it's a, it's a, it's a tall tale still. There's still a lot of, a lot of, you know, shady truths. They're not. They're not quite. quite oh. Correct. There's. They. They took a lot of liberties with the storytelling and stuff, but I think. I think he was trying to get the essence of of Elvis um, and and See, try now, and try to tell a story of the fifties and sixties and seventies culture and how it was influenced okay. by him. So, to me, I like this. To me, I wanted to see more of the Elvis story. I wanted to know more of the actual background. I wanted to get more of the nitty gritty and maybe more of the truths. Uh, but to do that, I think it needed to be. This would be like a good 
six hour miniseries or eight episode miniseries. So to that, apparently there is a four hour is a four hour. Yeah, I <laughs> know. I saw that too. I'm like, you know, I'm like, ah, oh, here we go. But that's the thing. If it comes out in black and white, if it comes out in black and white, <laughs> it's so exhausting at, at two hours and 39 minutes. I think I would watch it at four hours. Um, just because there were parts of it that I was so, you know, engaged with but at the same time there's a lot of it that i was not uh i I, I see where you're at and i i watched this a little bit different because i picked it up in in two different uh parts i ended up uh shutting off uh the first night because uh my wife decided to go to sleep and not and i was like well i'll i'll shut it off and not watch the rest of it and then ended up watching the rest the next day by myself anyway so uh (laughs) i don't i don't know if that helped or or hurt the movie itself um there were parts I really think that he like some of the stuff when Vegas where they're kind of showing the 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 runaround and everything sped up and cut clips really quick. That worked really well to set a mood for that. But I get I get what you're saying. Some of the other stuff did not did not keep my interest nearly well, as much as one of the things of the that I, well I, I saw it in two sittings too. I, I watched it on my own <laughs> for the first for the first half and then and then uh, a few nights ago Cindy got home and I'm like, you know, I want to, I want to share with her the whole opening, (laughs) you know, the first time that, that he's on stage. And, and I I think I was just, I was really, I really enjoyed how, uh, the, 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 the crowd, the, the fans, the, the women that were just so orgasmic. I I thought the way they overdid (laughs) that, they they certainly overdid it, but I, 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 I really thought it was, it was effective. And and I wanted to share that with my wife, you know. It's like, so uh, now, what uh, what was her thought on that? Because that that's an interesting thing. Like I I it I, I understand that that women get that got, yep. got that way later on, but like you just I, see some guy you don't know at all, and just because he wiggles his hips, gonna make you lose your shit. I think this was Baz Luhrmann's kind of over exaggeration oh, of this, just to try to I, I agree. express. Exactly. I mean, like like the Beatles, Elvis had this effect on on fans. I I, I thought it, I loved when they cut to that one shot in in a in a in a fifties household where it shows the boy and he's got a oh. little little sparkle on his on his face. I thought, oh, that's kind of funny. That you know they kind of bring bring, bring his his uh, his enthusiasm of Elvis into the into the into the mix too in this generation. Well, I mean, so, yeah, it's. He, he, I mean, yes, they show the women going crazy, and and, and that might have been how it was. I don't know. I, I wasn't ever part of any of that, so I don't know. I know. I don't um, either. Um, but and so I don't know how crazy it was. But I mean, we see we've seen old film of women jumping like that for the Beatles, at least. I, I don't know if I've ever seen one for Elvis directly oh, that I can remember. So I was watching today. I was watching uh, one of his his appearances on. Ed Sullivan, I think he was playing Heartbreak. Yeah. No, not Heartbreak Hotel. It was might have been Hound Dog or something. But the the he was he had this this uh, effect on the crowd. He it was his charm. It was his smile. It was the way he would interact, and they would just be like waiting with bated breath for him to belt out his 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 vocals and 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 you'd hear the screams and stuff like that. I don't know if you know if that was inspired more by the Beatles and then he just kind of carried that on or, or what, but, uh, but it, it certainly, it certainly got, I, I, and I think this was like taboo at the time because yeah. it certainly had effect on, it had effect on the, the older generation then. 
um, mm-hmm. who didn't approve of, of, you know, all the gyrations and, and right. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of, I was, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I also, guess it's just being, being also, born in a different generation. I also watched that. Uh, I, I looked up the actual clip of when he was on the, the show. I, I can't remember the uh, name. Hey, wire. Hey, well, it was, hey ride. It was the one where he had the the dog that came out and he had to, he, he was really, he, they had to wear the, the tuxedo with tails and stuff. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. He was kind of, uh, you know, felt like a joke. To, yeah. Yeah. And I watched the whole thing and you know, it's, 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 it's interesting. Cause he's like, he keeps kind of grabbing the dog by the, by the jowls and singing directly to him. <laughs> it's a little awkward. Um, but, uh, it was interesting to see it after see the actual event which you can yeah. find on youtube after the after seeing it on on the movie so. uh interesting enough too one of the things i learned is that uh so the uh guy the actor that played uh him austin butler yeah he sung uh a lot of the the songs through the first half of the movie like he actually sung them and then when they get into uh the vegas stuff they actually started dubbing in actual uh song recordings from elvis singing them into, they, into I, it. I, I think it actually came out that that they mixed it they kind of mixed it with his vocals oh, for, okay. the, for the the later but yeah the early stuff is is him i think that's how he i think that was his audition tape that he sent to bos Lerman with that um yeah along with, well along I, with a call from denzel washington saying hey cast this guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, uh, I read a little bit about that where he was, or I can't remember if I heard, read. Um, I didn't listen to a lot on this one. But, uh, sorry. He um, he had recorded one where he, I can't remember what he sung, but he didn't like it. And he, he sat on that tape for a while. And uh, interestingly enough, his mother had died also similar to Elvis's about the same time frame oh, uh, age-wise. Um, and... Uh, he was sitting around thinking about that and 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 decided uh, there was a song that he decided that it it's one that you would normally sing to like a lover and he decided well what if that was to his to his mom and he sung it at a piano like he was singing to his mom rather to than to a lover and recorded that and then sent that out in as an addition tape and that's what got him and it's because he has this raw emotion in it it's like fuck and hey that's that's insane. You know, I wish I could think of the name of the song that he did, but it's it's What what do you think of his performance? I I thought he did really good. I thought he looked a lot like what I remember Elvis looking like. Um I thought I, I believed him to be Elvis 100%. Um Yeah, essentially. I, I, I think he looked Other than he was a little thin. Yeah, I thought he looked a little <laughs> different, but at the same time he captured something that was was closer to Elvis than if they were if they were to cast someone that looked exactly like Elvis and just try to try to fake. Well, it. I mean, he, he looked some enough similar that it didn't take yeah. him out of it at all. No, I I agree. I thought I thought it was a very very effective performance, and uh, he he was able to convince me that that he uh, you know was close enough to to that that same sort of energy that Elvis possessed to buy it buy into it, and that's yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a big part of what it's all about. <laughs> I, I did watch a little bit of some of the the stuff Elvis, real Elvis, it did and compared, and I almost I almost like uh, Austin's better. I, I think he, <laughs> he was a better El, like like his dancing was a little cleaner, was a little, little little less kind of crazy. I or not crazy, but it just it seemed better, and I don't know maybe. <laughs> well, there uh, you go, nice. Uh, I liked it a lot. Um, like I said, uh, Tom Hanks in this, uh, <laughs> my wife. Immediately when we're watching this, she goes, 
he's creepy as fuck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and um, I don't know if it was because of the accent that he was using. Apparently, he he threw a Dutch uh, linguist on this. That that you know the uh, the the original uh, Tom Parker was had a Southern accent. Yeah. So he kind of like... he kind of had. He kind of had a southern, but then added a Dutch, who who was Dutch too, and it really added to the creep factor. Um, it, he he, he, he was very creepy, but I don't think, you know, I I would have rather them gone a different direction with this character. I would have rather seen someone else. I I you know I was I was racking my brain for actors that I that that they could have cast in this role. I the only one I came up with was Christopher Walken. Uh just just <laughs> something, something that might be more engaging and, and 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 effective, but but I really struggled to every time that Colonel Tom Parker was on screen, it just threw things off for me. It didn't it didn't feel like so, it worked with the movie. I mean, I understand is, he was the villain. I know they they made yeah. this like a superhero movie and he was supposed to be <laughs> the villain. Well, I, I think Baz Luhrmann even says it's this is the superhero movie. You know, oh my god, that's hilarious! They play into that with the whole Marvel thing, you know, Captain Marvel at the beginning. Uh, but uh, okay, no. Then I got I got this nailed, and this is why um, Tom Hanks is is Colonel Tom Parker did not work because he looked like he should have been playing the Penguin in the latest <laughs> Batman movie, <laughs> right? <laughs> he he would have been a better Penguin <laughs> than yeah. Than, uh, I just that's every time I saw him, that's what I thought of. I thought of that old, uh, the old um, uh, Batman movies uh, that with um, Danny DeVito playing. <laughs> he kind of reminded me of that guy. Yeah. You know, he uh, the, um, what's his? Uh, why can't I think of the guy that did Nightmare Before? Colin uh, Colin Farrell, right? Yeah. Oh, well, okay. Oh, that, he's he... a new one. No, no. The the, oh. the the director, the Nightmare Before Christmas director. Oh, Tim um, Burton. Sorry, Tim Burton's Batman. He looked. He looked like the penguin out of a Tim Burton's Batman. So Danny that, DeVito. <laughs> yeah, Danny DeVito. That's exactly what it reminded me of. The the speech pattern, the the just the way he was, the fat suit, all of it. It just uh, the whole snowman thing. But okay, so here's what really kind of like, and this is me putting a, a real spin on this movie is how was Elvis so naive? Or stupid and everybody around him not to realize that he was getting conned from the fucking get-go well well that's that's where I think they kind of failed in this in this movie with with Colonel Tom Parker is that I didn't feel convinced that he right. made a good case to take on Elvis and I think that was a critical part part that they needed to get better they needed to get right they needed to figure yeah. out a way of convincing the audience of kind of getting the audience enamored with this manager too so that you would be along for the ride because it it, it he has no charisma to bring yeah. you in yeah there was nothing to really like sell me on like he's got your back like yeah. like why would elvis trust this guy? like <laughs> so one of the uh, i guess tom hanks is in the new disney uh live action pinocchio, pinocchio as, i know which is getting trashed as, is as Geppetto uh -huh. and my I was talking to one of the guys at work today who who was a big Elvis fan and he saw this movie and he was like and he he thought it was really creepy and he goes yeah now he's as Geppetto and he came over and he was like yeah he makes him sound like Geppettophile uh, you know <laughs> and I was like oh my god it's so right it's just it's just not a great care I mean this maybe maybe putting Tom Hanks in this was the you know they I I guess they went for a big name to try and get a draw and I, I was like this would have been better as a as a no name actor or a lesser known actor 
you know, so we're not so engrossed in, in who they are and let them kind of. Or if they could have done a better job kind of uh, having a character arc with this this person. Well, I, that's what I mean is I don't, I don't know. About a biopic, but but yeah, somehow we have to be convinced that this is the right direction for Elvis. I don't think I don't think Tom Hanks can 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 get out of his own lane anymore. I don't think he can get out of being Tom Hanks, you know? That's why I think part of this is the is the case. No, well, I mean he was Forrest Gump. We all loved him in that. We, so I mean, there's there's things that. Well, maybe you didn't. I'm looking at your expression. Maybe. No, no, I I, I love Forrest Gump as a okay. movie, but I'm trying to. But I'm like, he kind of is still Tom Hanks in Forrest Gump. Okay. He he his his acting stretch is not as as wide as some people like to 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 speculate that now. I mean he's done some great stuff, but now I mean and I guess it's gotten smaller the older he's gotten. Like now it's almost like the more he does, the more he's the same. Like yeah. <laughs> you you hear him talk and all you can think is Woody or you know he did uh, he did he's <laughs> done a couple things recently it's like there's there's no change in him he, it's just Tom Hanks playing this guy it's no longer Forrest Gump or you know uh, I don't know what the guy's name was in Philadelphia it's no longer the character now it's it's Tom Hanks as you right. know yeah I I don't know I thought I thought this role was was you know certainly cast Tom Hanks in a different light for me but. But it still seemed like a one-note creep factor that that just needed. He doesn't more, play a villain very often. Ne- needed something more to kind of connect yeah. with the audience, so that we were along for the ride. And every time he got on, st- you know, he got on screen, uh, it was it was just distracting. It didn't. It was. It was. So, it was he was he was a creep level yeah. high, but but it didn't. But it also was one of those. It's like how did nobody pick up on it? Like yeah. Like how was his dad such a bad like manager that he couldn't realize like, Hey, why is this guy taking 50% of the money? You know, you know, there's a, uh, there's a Phantom Menace or I think the prequels, they've got a cut out there that someone put together that cuts out Jar Jar and, you know, really kind of makes it much more streamlined. So it's, so it's much, a much, in fact, who was this? Better movie, better movie. Uh, yeah, I would yeah. say yeah, I would say better movie. Yeah, and and so I, I wouldn't mind seeing you know if we're going to see a four hour <laughs> cut, let's see the four hour cut, but let's reduce it down to whatever two and a half hours and get figure out a way of getting rid of uh, uh, of Tom Colonel Hanks Parker. from you know yeah. at least at least reducing his role to something more as like a thorn in his side and not necessarily this this overarching villain that that even though I mean I think it's 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 an interesting. I, you know, I, I it's just, a good, it's a story. I, it's I a really, story that it needed I, villain. I really wish they would have done a better job with it, with that, that role, because it's part of what this storytelling is all about. It just, it just doesn't, doesn't work. No. Now, one thing, uh, I will say, um, you know, we, I don't know if you've checked out some of the interviews with Priscilla and, um, no. uh, but, uh, Lisa Marie is, you know, we, Everyone knows the daughter. Marie, the daughter that uh, you know married, married Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson and Nick Cage, and you know he she's been around. Um, Talk about marrying like iconics. Well, <laughs> well, let me let me just say just a couple a couple years ago, my my brother's girlfriend um, met Lisa Marie at a they went they were at a resort. Uh, her kids, she's got she's got a couple kids that are you know in in their in her teens. And uh, they were playing with some other kids, and it turned out it was Lisa Marie's kids, and and they were connecting. And so, actually, my brother's girlfriend has has become really good friends with Lisa Marie. Um, oh this shit! Is, 
just this was just a couple years ago, and so I, I think uh, this was right after Lisa Marie's son uh, died. So so it was okay. kind of so it was it was it was a tough situation, but uh, but they they became good friends. Uh, she and my brother have have been at at their I think estate kind of as guests and stuff like that because it's just a good friend. But anyway, got the got the review from Lisa Marie directly directly from Jenny who said she saw the movie and gave it a thumbs up. I think, I don't think she's actually done any interviews, but she did post on, on Twitter. Well, I mean, her part in the movie was pretty good. She just played a cute little girl. I know. I know. (laughs) They didn't do her bad at all. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just throwing that out there because I think it's kind of cool that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm less than six degrees of separation from Lisa Marie now. So no, if I had known that I would have pushed you to get her on the pod. I mean, what the hell? Talk about call, getting some listeners. Call my brother. Yeah, yeah. Dan, can you uh, call your girlfriend <laughs> and have her call Lisa Marie, and maybe we can get her on the a podcast to talk about this movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, boy. Oh, that gets some viewership. That's right. <laughs> it would. Uh, we could use it. Um, no. Uh, one of the <laughs> one of the things I I did like about this though is it gave us a story of of Elvis that we probably haven't had in a while, and and this maybe get out to more people that don't know the story of Elvis. And I, I think that's really cool. It makes me want to, it makes me want to learn more. Cause I remember as a kid, you know, you said you, you knew of Elvis, but you, you weren't big into him. And I, I knew of him because uh, as a, as a young child, you know, uh, my early, you know, five, six, seven year old, uh, I remember watching the movies. I mean, that was one of the things I did is I came home from school and, you know, would watch, uh, I can't even remember what channel, but there was there was movies on, and I remember there being a lot of Elvis Presley movies. Yeah, and 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 that's what I knew him from, you know. And, and his songs were always in the movies, and so I knew a lot of the songs from the movies and stuff. And so, uh, you know, it was kind of interesting that that uh, that's that was my my thoughts on him going into that. I was like, oh yeah, he was he was this great musician, and and you know, if we look at it, I think he's still the highest solo act sold, ever sold. Like, uh, I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. And, he, which is, yeah. which is insane to think about because, and, and you've got to, you've got to have a little kinship with him because, you know, you talk about your being, you know, growing up in Sacramento at a, at a, at a school, an all black school, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, that's kind of, that's kind of his upbringing I had, back in, back I didn't in know that at all where he was influenced by, you know, gospel yeah. and blues and stuff. And that's what kind of laid the groundwork for his, his. Yeah, no, it, I thought that was really cool. And, and I know I've, I've, I've heard in the past, you know, there's a lot of people and, and there's a lot of negativity towards Elvis as far as like, yeah, you know, he, he took black music and, and made money from it. And I was like, which is funny because right now I'm I'm back at the JC and I'm I'm taking a anthropology uh, cultural anthropology class and it talks about your culture is really what you were brought in brought up in not it doesn't really revolve around your race or your religions well a little bit your religion but it it has to do with what you're brought up in so in his case where he was brought up in a neighborhood that was mostly black and he's exposed to that that became his culture so he wasn't he wasn't stealing it he wasn't going in and he wasn't it was part of him at that point it was in his blood yeah absolutely yeah. and so uh knowing that it it makes me think differently about these statements that people make that like he was stealing black music i was like no he was he was playing what he felt and and he was part of it 
And, you know, I love the fact that they show the friendships he had with B.B. Uh, King. And, you know, we get the, the little Richard, which <laughs> which was a very interesting. Uh, I almost went with a Tutti Frutti drink uh, just because <laughs> of that song. Uh, I was going to look for that. Uh, one of the, the other ones is uh, they had the woman that was singing um, the Hound Dog song. Um, oh, yeah. They featured her quite a bit with that song. Um, Sister Rosetta Tarp, I think, is is was the name. YOLO. So interesting. I think that's her. Um, if that's the one I'm thinking of. Uh, oh, maybe not. So there was the woman that played that. That was her first and only role ever in a movie because she happened to die shortly after. Oh, uh, it's uh, Shanka. Ma- Shanka Dukure, de- right? As yeah. Mama Thornton. Okay. She yeah. died? I didn't know that. She died, like, right after the filming kind of thing. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I don't even, I, I'm not even sure if she made it to when it was released, but um, she uh, she died in Ju- or, or 20, uh, the 21st of July, just, just this year. So, wow. fuck, you know, what, month and a half ago? I wonder if Two she months ago? the movie. Hopefully she did. Uh, yeah, I believe this was out before then, so she must have got to see it, but... For one and only appearance, I was like, oh, fuck, how, oh, my, that's crazy. So I I found, talking about the music, they had, they had, uh, you you know, kind of more current rap music occasionally sprinkled. Oh, I hated it. I I gotta say, yeah, it felt out of place. Um, I hated it so much. I'm not sure why I thought about it It made me consider why are they putting this in here because and I thought well maybe it's that rap music is in a sense you know the older generation uh you know music the parents would uh would frown on you know they they wouldn't no all they're trying maybe they were Mm -hmm. trying to associate that with you know it took the more mainstream audiences to make it more acceptable, kind of like Elvis did with the gospel blues, and maybe Eminem does with 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 rap. But but it just it just seemed like it was you know out we of had, place. We, yeah it seemed out of place and a little forced. Um, I I think if he was going for that, he needed to do a better job integrate the, the director integrating it throughout. <laughs> but, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I didn't care. I, for it. You know, you're right. If it was integrated more throughout, like it was like, it was more the bass, And then they kind of slipped into Elvis where, where just, I mean, it was like three songs and then the whole, uh, in credits, which I mean, I love Eminem. I think he's great. Uh, I did not enjoy any of the rap that was in this. I, but I'm also I've also gotten to the point where I'm getting I'm getting burnt out on on the rap that's thrown in every show and movie nowadays. Kind of like oh let's let's throw this in there to get our our urban kids in and and get this 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 you know dynamic for this this group because it's like it doesn't always fit. Uh, a lot of it's really crappy. Um, I hate I hate most of the new hip hop. I hate most of the new rap. The mumble rap shit just sucks ass. <laughs> I think it's fucking horrible. Um, and I mean, I, I I have no problem with rap. I grew up, uh, you know, pretty much through most of the '80s into the '90s. Uh, that's that's mainly what I listened to. Um, I still listen to that that rap. Um, I don't listen to a lot of anything that came out, you know. 
more recent, especially in the last 10 years. There's not a lot of stuff that I really enjoy. <laughs> well, this is typical, you know, 50-year-old people talking about music these days. Well, it's funny. You, know, you, were, so... <laughs> you mentioned that earlier, and I, I thought about that. I was like, yeah, that's kind of like how we are, and, you know, now it's like – the videos that are out now is like, oh, that's so trashy. What the hell is going on? And and I'll take Dave Matthews but, I mean, any day. <laughs> but I mean, you know what? We have a point. We have a point. That shit is trashy. Yeah. <laughs> and and they can't say, oh, well, you're just you're just, no. I'm like, some of the okay. So I don't know. Do you know the song WAP? No. Okay, good. Lucky for you. Um, <laughs> It is it is a it is a a female power it, it stands for wet ass pussy. And it is one of the most trashy songs I've ever fucking heard. It is the most I mean the video is is like ridiculous. I mean it's it should have an NC17 on it. Um other than some nudity it's it's literally just, you know, and and they're 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 good-looking women, fine, whatever, and I have no problem with sex. I I don't have any problem with that. It's just when you get on people for oh you know oh uh, mask or uh, what is it uh, what how they call it um, toxic. toxic masculinity yeah. yeah toxic masculinity and all this but then you put out a, a song like that and you're like well what is that is that toxic femininity what I mean, it's not even that it's it's just trash but it's like so I I get it I I feel like that old guy like oh your music is shit but I also agree with it and you know, I think it is shit. Um, now you, it, it, I think I think what happened is is they've got we've gone from the point where they went a little further and the parents you know grumbled, so they had to take it a little further and the the parents grumbled and now we're at the point where they're like it's falling off the cliff and we're all grumbling. <laughs> you know, I mean it, it literally it, is. I, I agree what you, with what you're saying. At the same time, maybe that's the relevance of of trying to put this sort of stuff in a movie like this because that's exactly the effect that. At the time in the fifties, that you know the parents were were like, "What the fuck is this trash?" You know, look at well, they're not they're going to be a little bit more proper than that. But we're, but we're, but was this movie but, made for for teens and and early twenty year olds? Oh, I don't know. Was that I, really your target I, audience? Because um, I, I I guarantee you they're not going. You're not going to go. Hey, there's a Dojo Cat song in this. Fucking all you teens, show up and check it out. No, I think. But I think that. Baz Luhrmann is certainly a director that uses kind of this idea of form and content where you've got your content, let's let's match the form. And he's he's gone after he's going after Elvis because it kind of matches his form in yeah. a sense. But but, you know, so he's going to kind of drive that with this this glamour. I, this, I, this, I think this, someone pushed you, him on this he's one. He's probably going to say, hey, I want to have this style that really makes this generation <laughs> uncomfortable with with, you know, by throwing in you know stuff that's a little well, that's, bit more okay so let's I, let, I don't I don't know. I'm just I'm we just, can we can talk about you're right Boz does that I mean he did that with Romeo and Juliet that was the whole point it was Romeo and Juliet it was the classic yeah. but it was brought to him but it was done from start to finish yeah it wasn't like hey we've got this two hour and 40 minute let me at minute 49 I'm gonna throw in this 30 second clip of this fucking shit song just so <laughs> that if there's some 20 year old in there they're gonna wake up and get off their phone no, I agree. <laughs> I, do, I think this film overall, from a stylistic point of view, was unsuccessful in carrying the audience through a journey. It was, oh, just, yeah. it was just in your face the whole time. That's not taken away mm -hmm. from Austin Butler's you know, performance and, and some, no. of the, some of the effect this movie had at times. <laughs> but as Performances a whole, were great. Yeah, it, 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 it was, it, it's, it's, 
un it's unstable as far as it's it, it, it doesn't it doesn't quite uh, have a, a very effective narrative that carries you through it. Instead, it's just kind of his his he just bombards you with with images and uh, he does he does and it works at some points yeah. but it doesn't it like it does in the it, it does in the fast moving uh, like when he goes on tour and they're showing that and it's uh, on stage off stage on stage off stage taking pills on stage off stage you know that it works. But it doesn't work through the whole thing. Yeah, he does um, some he does some kind of cool stylized things that reminded me. This is funny. It reminded me of the the first the first Hulk movie where they did a lot of split, <laughs> split screens and stuff. And they have this one shot where it's like a newspaper and it's doing kind of flip footage so that the newspaper looks like it's actually speaking like a yeah. like a like a eight millimeter film. You know, is is kind of flashing through. So he has a little fun with that sort of stuff. I like that. Um, but it's still it it has to. It has to. It's uh, a film is just a continuous thing you're watching, and you have to be. You have to. It it has to pace itself. It's got to carry the audience, and so if it's just this constant barrage, it's it's tough to handle. Yeah, like I said, the story itself to me uh, made me want to know more about Elvis. Right. It made me want to know more about what really went on and and some of the details. Some of the let's. Let's take this chunk of it here in this time frame and let's let's spread it out. And let's get more detail. And this is where I was like, man, this would have been so much better as a miniseries. Um, you know, maybe maybe this leads into a miniseries. Maybe someone goes goes, you know what? This is a story that needs to be told. Let's let's make this happen. Um, I, I would love to see something like that because I, I I wanted to know what happened to him in during you know his time in the in the service. I wanted to know. Okay, I got I got an idea. So. You, I don't think you saw the last Quentin Tarantino movie, did you? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. No, I still have it oh, on. Shit. Uh, okay. I know. Well, okay. Did you see? You saw the uh, the the one about World War II, the uh, um, with with uh, Brad Pitt and the Bat, you know, uh, <laughs> hey, Glorious Bastards. Glorious. Yeah, you. I I, I okay. quote that one all the time. Okay, so what happened <laughs> at the end of that? The end of that movie, which is a very, it, you know, there's, it, it's, it's, it's a comedy. It follows these kind of these crazy characters, and and but at the same time, it's got the backdrop of, of World War Two. Yeah, World War Two. But how does it end? It ends with this big killing frenzy where they basically wipe out Hitler and 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 Nazi Germany, and and so it rewrites history, right? Yeah. So I would love to see an Elvis biopic that told his story, but in the 70s, you know, figured out a way of just rewriting it. Um, and spoiler alert, you haven't seen uh, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It kind of does the same thing with, uh, with, uh, oh, okay. with um, what's the Charles Manson, the Charles Manson oh, uh, God, murders, which is, it's, 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 and I, I, I think the movie. I've heard a lot about, I've heard a lot about the show, so I, okay. I get it. I, uh, okay. But but I'd love to see a kind of a what if. I'm not I'm not trying to promote Marvel. You're not, Dis <laughs> you're not Disney. This. Uh, but Disney, but do a what if Elvis. I'd like to see Quentin Tarantino's take on Elvis. You know, oh, in you know from here and see what you know see what could have been. Not necessarily the best of, but just just if he were able to survive his drug addiction in the seventies <laughs> and and uh, you know he'd still well, be around. Just... So. I wanted to see more just what he what his day to day was instead of like it couldn't have been all just boozed out, drugged out. I mean, 
The guy wrote yeah. some incredible stuff. He sung some incredible songs. Did he, he, was, did he write his music? I didn't. I wasn't sure. Yeah. He, okay. He wrote a lot of it too. Um, but I mean, just the stuff he did, like his music was great. I, but I just wanted to know his day to day. I mean, yeah. That that shit with what they gave us with Priscilla, they never gave us. They gave us uh, him talking to her in a bedroom, which she didn't look fourteen at the time, so that plays a little bit off on that. That's a little weird. Yeah, you know? yeah. They kind uh, of, I would, but but they cast they cast her. They 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 cast all the roles, so they except for the the real young roles to where they yeah. kind of aged aged through Up the movie into it. You know? Yeah. So I mean. Let's let's see a little bit of that. Let's see how how they're you know I mean they had to have some happy times, right? The other thing is like you know there's it always seemed like a carnival at fucking Graceland like all these fucking hanger ons like where the fuck was all that like was Elvis ever a part of that like like let's see some of that let's why did that happen how did that happen why you know like <laughs> when did, when I had did to... Paul Simon stop by and write his album Graceland you know that, had, <laughs> yeah, right. that should have been a part of this movie what the hell. There's there's so much stuff in it. I mean, like, when did he? You know, he started doing martial arts in the army. When when did he meet Ed Parker? That I was I was really surprised there was none. Although, there we get a little bit of the that uh, he had a little bit of kempo because when those guys come up on stage, he gives a guy a front kick. He gives him a straight <laughs> front kick, and and uh, I have to say, ever since doing martial arts, that's one thing I do notice when someone actually. Gets off a good like actual front kick. I'm like that guy's had some training. Like that's <laughs> well, because if you've that, never done, maybe, maybe that was their one nod to his kempo training. If they maybe yeah. got that in there for that, <laughs> it's like if you if you don't do martial arts, the, you, you do soccer kicks. Let's <laughs> let's just be honest, right? Everybody does it, and, but if you do some martial arts, you get that proper form. You get a real front kick. Yeah, you and do so soccer I, kicks and you fall on your ass because of the moment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So uh, I, I thought that was funny. I did read a little bit about that, that uh, they talked about that. That was a legitimate thing that happened. Three guys uh, came up on stage, and apparently it ended up big brawl. And when it was all said and done, they said Elvis was still up there swinging, kicking. And, like, when all when all the dust settled, he was still standing there trying to fucking take people out. <laughs> like, he went crazy. And I was like, I can see that. Um, there is a video of him doing Kempo. Uh, if you want to keep the illusion that uh, Elvis was a great Kempoist, do not watch it. <laughs> oh, I gotta see it. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's not horrible. It's it's not it's not like oh my it it it's not um oh what the fuck's his name uh uh what's the the big fat guy now that um did the 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 movie Steven on the. Seagal? the what? Steven Seagal. It's not oh. Steven Seagal where you got <laughs> you guys. You said fat guy. I was, I had you at fat. Uh, guy. <laughs> Okay, I I can't stand Steven Steven Seagal as far as like I think his martial arts is shit. Um, you know, uh, there's just something about him that some of the stuff he does is pretty pretty fucking ridiculous. But it's not he's, as he's bad as that. He's got an ego. He's a little full of himself. It's hard to. Well, th there's a time where he goes in. He's in Russia and he's had these guys and he's like he doesn't even touch. He does that Jedi bullshit where he doesn't even touch them and they go flying. I'm like, come on, man. Like fucking a. Like if you're legit, do some legit shit. Well. Elvis is a little bit more – it's more like a slow-motion kind of uh, seminar-type thing where he's showing people how to do stuff. and So it's not horrible, but it's also not like – you know. and the fact that he wears a red belt is kind of silly. He's got like a big, big collared shirt on under his gi. It's like, come on, man. He's, he's a little too uh, into, into his costumes, essentially. 
All right. Well, I have I've written down here on my paper here, wet ass pussy. I got to look that up and Kempo Elvis. So those are my that's my homework for after this podcast. Oh, I'm going to send you I'm going to send you a great uh, uh, a meme uh, for that uh, wet ass pussy. That's going to just it's going to make it so much better. Um, <laughs> just so good. Uh, but yeah, so uh, this was was a good movie, though. I, I do. I do recommend this. I'm not going to get I'm not going to say it's like a home run out of the park but it's it's if you know Elvis at all if you enjoyed his music at all this is a good movie this is something that's enjoyable to watch and it's inspiring um, it inspires more research to find out more about him is, is, it is, does it makes me want to know yeah, more for yeah, sure yeah. it does a hundred percent like I had no clue about Colonel Tom Parker like 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 is this dude re- like how did that shit go down like how did yeah there's two parts of it. It makes me want to know how it happened, and it also makes me go, "Damn, Elvis was kind of dumb." <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's like I, I, I mean, but we don't know. It, it could be because the the portrayal was not as well. I mean, he could have been a, one of those shysters that just makes you fucking fall in love with him. Like we've all we all know the guy, like car salesman type guy that just can sell you a lemon in a heartbeat because he just yeah. he pushes all the right buttons and he didn't do a good job as being that car salesman i mean he was creepy but he just he just didn't sell it he, he was just too creepy with none of the like selling points and so uh i just I, I had a hard time believing that anybody wouldn't have just been like elvis this dude's a fucking joke what the hell i mean he even told him right up front <laughs> he told him he's a con man he talks about yeah. the snow job Right, he literally says it to him directly, and it's like, he told you he's a con man. Like, how do you not? I mean, I, I don't. I think uh, that tactic works because it's like I, I could see the person saying, "Oh, this guy's being honest with him. I'm going to trust him a little bit more." But, but something about you know, okay, Tom Tom Hanks portrayal just didn't sell it for me as far as well. And, is, and you're right. And maybe that's because Elvis was a very trusting, loving soul, and that's he the was, problem. He was wrapped up in his mother, and I know the Tom Parker was saying, "Hey, you know, you know, fifty pink Cadillacs, two hundred pink Cadillacs." Oh, like he, oh, he knew all. So, he knew all the yeah. right things to say. Yeah. He did know, and they did. They did show a little bit of that, mm-hmm. right? You know, he he heard him talk about, and I guess this is the one that I didn't understand. He he knew that his he he had a brother that died at, uh, at birth. And the mom said, yeah. that, "Oh, you you have the strength of two men, whether that was true or not." And then later on, he says that, and it's like, you know, so he had he had the right verbiage, and so yeah, he he played he played the con man one hundred percent. You know, the snow. <laughs> one of the funny things I did read is that uh, some of the legit stuff there there was that Christmas special. There's a whole section of this movie there. They're filming the Christmas special, and he keeps talking about they're supposed to do the "Here Comes Santa Claus" song, and he keeps going on and on about that. So this is a legit, really happened, and um, one of the guys was there. His whole job was to keep John, uh, Tom Parker away from the filming so that they could do the special without actually doing the Christmas special. And the way he did it is he kept, they kept playing pranks on each other, and apparently the whoever got the best prank you know, ended up having to you know, pay the other one off in a way. And um, I can't remember the guy's name, but he, he uh, wanted... He told Tom Parker, he's like, if if I'm the one that wins, I want your your snowman cane. And apparently the way he ended up winning that and like he actually Tom Parker actually sent it to him after the fact that cuz he didn't know that it was 
once it was released and f- uh, shown on TV, that was the big the big prank. And and he sent him his his cane. And I was like, oh shit, that's that's kind of funny. And like that that would have been cool if they showed that in there, you know? Yeah, yeah. I just I it, it, there's some interesting things that they pull some real history into it that I wish they would have pulled a little bit more, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, his mother being an out, his mother being an alcoholic and, and, and the, the relationship with them, I wish they would have, this, it needed more time to, to show more of that. Yeah. They, they established the connection between the two, but the alcoholism just seemed to come on like that. And and then suddenly she was dead. I thought that was a little... Well, they did it subtly. They did it very subtly. They show her drinking. You know, she pours a, a glass of vodka and, and downs it when they're talking in the kitchen when he first is going to go on the road. And then they show her pouring another one later in another scene. And So oh, they did it very subtle. Yeah, originally that was, I think, Maggie Gyllenhaal that was uh, cast in that role. <laughs> yeah. But because... The, the father and the mother were, were had to be recast because yeah. of timing. Yeah, well, I think they started shooting this in, in January of 2020, so they shot for three months, then COVID hit, and they had to shut down production, because that's when Tom Hanks and his wife got uh, got COVID. They had to shut oh. down production for like five or six months. Uh, the fucking Hanks. Of the, because, of the, <laughs> because of the pandemic. And by the time they they started up again uh they had to recast those because those those roles uh because they because i saw that conflicts. this this started they were looking into this as early as 2010 they started really working on this and i so think they got it Bos took Lerman a while on, on board in 2014 i think uh yeah yeah but i mean just man imagine that like this thing is six years in the making before they even started filming yeah like how crazy, I mean, I know you, you, you know, you, you have a degree in, in film. You know, oh yes. I'm, I'm a professional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you, you know, all this stuff. I, I just, I sit back and I go like, Oh no, they just, they go, okay, Hey, we're going to make this movie. Call up these guys, sign some papers. <laughs> let's get going. Let's, let's do this. But no, this shit takes years and stuff. And it's like, man, like I, I, I yeah, I, I yeah. guess I just got I don't I don't have a long term brain for stuff like this. Like to me, I, I everything is short term. I, I I just like hey, I want to go skateboarding. Next day, I'm out skateboarding. You know, it's it's you know I don't go hey okay I want to skateboard. Oh, let me work out and make sure my <laughs> muscles are good. Let me stretch and make sure I'm not gonna fall and hurt myself and get all the right equipment. No, I'm like oh I want to skateboard. Let me go buy a skateboard and do it. Yeah, uh, you know, there's a it, lot of stars you got to get in, into alignment for making movies yeah. sometimes, especially for big productions like this. So, yeah, I just I'm not that long term guy. Uh, well, I mean, I I do do some stuff long term. I mean, I, I mean, martial arts now has been I've been doing that now fuck almost 20 years total, yeah. which is really ridiculous when I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> when I mean, I I wouldn't take back. That's more than Elvis, right? You said he was only doing it for. Yes, years. yes, yeah. He was only doing about 14, 15 years. So yeah, I, I've been doing martial arts more than Elvis, and uh, I I would hope that I would do a better uh, video if I was gonna make a seminar type tape. Right. Noah has left the building. You know. <laughs> uh, I should start doing that every time I leave class. <laughs> uh, Mr. Overton has left the building. That's awesome. Um, that's pretty cool. I, I did notice that that in the movie they talked about that and why that became a thing is because the uh, the whole security, right? They they rushed him off to a motorcade and rushed him out of there, and then that that became the announcement that Elvis had left the building. Yeah, they almost made it sound like it was a a, a, a 
he was afraid of. You know, I think this is something Colonel Potter, Potter kind of pushed out because he was the one Elvis wanted to do the international tour. And well, I'm wondering how the, true that is. The way the movie now, portrayed it was like, no, you can't do that because he was afraid that that Elvis was going to stop being the act at Vegas. You know, he wanted to sign. Well, more, yeah, more I mean that that plays really into the story, and that's you know now that you talk about this is a. Um, made for Hollywood type thing where they where they stretch the truth. I wonder that makes me now think, oh my God, what was the real truth? What was that really truth? Did they did they really pull that over? Because that is it that that's an interesting part of this he, is like I know that the actual Tom Park Parker, whatever is <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tom Parker Kurt. um was prosecuted in like nineteen eighty for and and they found him uh guilty of unethical business practices. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know exactly what that all meant, but you know, and then after that, his life kind of went downhill as far as gambling debts and, and uh, doesn't sound too good, but I mean, they, they did prosecute him for, for some of this stuff. So, well, but I, I mean, know. that, that comes out, that comes out at the end that, that to me was like, when, when that all went down, I was like this motherfucker. Yeah. Like, so first off he was his manager, right. And, and he, he's doing all this stuff and he's getting paid. Like if he's getting paid fifty percent, that's like that's a major manager money. I mean that's that's way more than a manager normally is going to get paid. Like thirty percent is a high manager. Yeah, thing. that's so the impression was, I got from the movie. Yeah. Now, and part of that is is that that that's part of your job is to make sure all this shit happens, and that's why you get paid that. But then, so when he got fired, he goes back and he go, and he went all the way back to the beginning to gas money to get him to the first oh i know when he makes that list oh yeah i know that's brutal i was like this motherfucker like like right away you're like oh no come on take that motherfucker no take his ass to court you'll win this shit fucking right off the bat because like uh, it just now the fact that tom hanks did this tom hanks doesn't play villains a lot or ever was interesting enough because it's it's new yeah now i wonder do we feel any sympathy for this guy or do we not hate him as as much because it is tom hanks like had this been a guy like like think about who, someone in hollywood where everybody just automatically hates him i can't think of anybody offhand because i'm horrible with names um but just you know someone you just don't care for or a no name would we have hated this character much more than we you know like it, he cuz he is literally a fucking bad guy from get there's no redeeming qualities of this dude at all but they play him as a kind of a a nice guy throughout the thing in a way you think i mean I mean, I mean the, the way he talks and the way everybody treats him and the way Elvis treats him and the way Elvis looks at him you're like he thinks of him as a good guy. He, yes, he, he, I get that. They think of him as a good guy, but it just it doesn't it doesn't fly from a. From well, that's because we're looking at it going like, but that's us going. Elvis, you're dumb. Come on, man. Come on, dude. What like get it together? But none of his people, no one around him said, "Hey, what the fuck, Elvis?" His wife didn't. Nobody, nobody saw it. So he he scammed the entire crew. He scammed everybody. He he had everybody thinking he was okay. I don't know if that's, that's true because I know they have that kind of fictional scene where they meet those other other producers at the Hollywood sign, 
and uh, you know they they get them up. Well, those were the guy that made that was the guys that made the Christmas special. Right, right, and they were certainly trying to keep him. The, you but know, they didn't I, go and say, "Look." But they never went and said, "Look, Elvis, this guy's fucking you." I I got the impression that they did not think that he had a good deal going with. with but they this. still never went to they never went to Elvis and said, "Hey, you need you need to get away from this you, guy. Let yeah. us help you get away from this guy." And you're saying the movie should have explored this more, or, or I I mean, well, just I'm curious, just wondering. You're, you're curious if in reality that there was more. Yeah. I I wonder how much how much more the guy had snow jobbed other people like thinking he was a good guy and he wasn't as 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 slimy as he was. Yeah. Or, you know, or they just it I I don't know. It's just it's hard for me to believe and maybe it's because I I grew up with the way I did. I don't trust people. Right? Mm-hmm. It it takes a lot to get into my inner circle. This guy would have never fucking never penetrated the inner circle. I would I would have known it right from the get go and 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 you turning him. me on. Careful. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it's just it's more to me like uh, like I don't know. I, I uh, it's hard for me to believe that he was that gullible. Yeah. Um. And and so I I, I mean I understand he 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 got into this young. I mean they. It seems like he was definitely under 18 when he first started singing. You know. Right. I don't know how young. 16, he was driving, so I'm thinking 16 by the time he started doing that first show, you know. I don't know. So I don't know exactly, yeah. Uh, you well, know. he he was driving the truck. He was driving the truck, so he had to be 16, 17. He, you know, he was definitely not 18 cuz his parents had to sign off on everything. That's so, true. I mean That's true, yeah. So he was underage, but I mean, it's just also one of those like, God damn, like you almost want to kick his parents too. Like, fuck, come on, protect your child better than that. Like, God damn. But this, this also brings the aspect. Okay. So his parents and him, they, they were poor, right? They grew up in a poor neighborhood. They, they didn't have money. They were taken advantage of by someone that had more and, 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 and wave that, that carrot in front of their face of money. Like, hey, you know, your, your boy can go far and get you a lot of money. They don't see anything but the prize. And it's like, you know, we, we, we hear about that. I, don't, I, don't, I can't say we see it all the time because we don't always see it. But we hear about it that, you know, it happens to these, these athletes especially. You know, that these, these managers get a hold of them and fucking ruin their lives because they, they they sign them up for these things and take all their money and it's like fuck come on hey did you ever see the movie that thing you do i don't I, think so no i'm suddenly kind of reminded of it this was i think uh one maybe the only i don't, I don't know how many movies tom hanks has directed but it's that thing you do <laughs> and he played a manager of of a one hit wonder or the wonders were the were the were the band, but, but it's, it, it's interesting now that you're talking about this. It's it's just reminding me of that, and it's funny that he was the he was the manager that that got them going, and then and then it, ultimately they they only had the one hit, and so it all kind of fell apart. Um, right. But uh, but but his portrayal there was certainly much more. Tom. <laughs> much better in this. Well, much more. You know, what didn't have the creep factor, but he was still a little bit more, um, more uh, r- believable in his in in his his honesty. You know, the uh, the way he kind of portrayed. That's believable in honesty. You know, when you're, when you're talking about uh, when you're talking about the business, that's probably those are probably two words that don't go together. 
Um, right, business and honesty, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, but I, you haven't seen that. I'm I'm surprised because that's that's no. a, that's a fun movie, and it certainly kind of captures Which is, that Beatlemania <sighs> style at kind of a at a one hit uh, one hit level, um, and. Uh, which is interesting because I've seen actually the last four or five Tom Hanks, you know, acting uh, portrayals. Yeah, but this movie is uh, like twenty years ago. I, I, it's, it's yeah, I know. I'm just saying. I, I I've been I've been watching a lot of Tom Hanks. I saw uh, Fitch, which was on Apple uh, News of the World, uh, Greyhound. <laughs> so, I started uh, watching those... News of the World, but I, I I couldn't get into it. And and you it's recommended long... Fitch. I don't think I saw Fitch. Yeah, there. It, it's Tom Hanks in an <laughs> Apple movie and a dog, right? They're they're not yet in a robot and oh, ro- a robot. Oh, robot. Okay. In a robot. Yeah. Uh, they, <laughs> I mean. Yeah, it's it's interesting uh, where he's where he's going. I mean, you think about where he started, right? Bosom Buddies and where he is now. I totally watched Bosom Buddy, Bosom Buddies was on my. <laughs> that that was a that was a show I watched when it was out. I totally remember that. That was. Great. Oh my God! I'm I'm gonna call that from now on. It's Bosom Buddies. Bosom Buddies. <laughs> Bosom Buddies. Yeah. And then and then it was I, Splash. I think that finally was his big hit. I think he I thought it was another, big. He did no Splash was before Big, but he actually did another movie with Ron Howard before that. No, maybe I, no, I'm wrong. I, I can't remember. No, maybe it was just Ron <laughs> Howard. Did. But but Splash was the big one that that kind of put him into the into the box office. And yeah, and then he did Big. That was huge. Right. And then uh, Bachelor Party. Bachelor Party was another <laughs> one. <laughs> that had an Oingo Boingo song called Bachelor Party. It's Bachelor Party. Yeah. So, so I'm a big fan of that one for that for other reasons than Tom Hanks. Money Money Pit, Dragnet. I mean, he had so many. Money Pit. I, my wife. My that's that's one that when we met, that was a favorite of hers. Um, Shelley Long. Some of his early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of his early stuff was so good. League of Their Own. Such a good movie. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you uh, recently watched they, they they remade I don't know, I don't know if it's called a remake or whatever they redid League of Their Own as a series. I think it's on Netflix or. I, I think I saw I saw the uh, but you, I haven't watched. If it, you so. if you like the movie, you don't need to see the show. It, the show is nothing like the movie. It's, okay. it's a whole I, different story. It's I mean it's not horrible. But it's nothing think, like the movie. I don't think I saw the movie either, but I do remember seeing Oh, really? Okay. It's one of those blockbuster ones that I remember seeing the trailer in, in Blockbuster playing over and over again, but not the movie ever. I never watched the movie. But I The movie re- was good. I do remember a movie with Tom Hanks and Sally Field where he played a comedian and she played a kind of a housewife with John Goodman and she wanted to become See? a comedian. Sleepless? No. Is that Sleepless? Oh no, that's Big Ryan. No, that's right. He's got Sleepless in Seattle, and and uh, you got Mail. The, the, the Naked Truth? No. Now, now you got me. I'm gonna have to look up. <laughs> Tom Hanks. I'm, I'm on his. I'm on his IMDb right now. So. Tom Hanks, Sally Field, Punchline. Oh, okay. 1988. That was that was good. That was a little bit more serious movie, but uh, but he played. He, I mean, he played Tom Hanks, <laughs> but oh, I mean, he, he, no, I, I mean, he didn't play. His character was called, it uh, looks like Stephen Gold, but, uh, John Goodman was Sally Field's husband and that too. And oh, okay. Anyway, it was, that was a fun movie. That was a much more, a dramatic, a drama as, as far as someone who wanted to become a comedian, but was trying to break out right. of the, 
the uh well i mean he's literally in one of my favorite movies of all time in in saving private ryan and he plays such an incredible part in that like i mean he is he is one of the main characters in that movie um and has such a crazy i mean there's some some emotional like tolls that he has in in some of his movies like we you you want to talk about uh castaway where i mean he is the movie castaway Castaway, just... Castaway, I have a kinship with because my buddy from film school that was also <laughs> in Better Call Saul that did the first AD, he he was first AD on Castaway, and he had a role. So if anyone's seen Castaway, he's the one that says, "Hey, you want to go fishing?" Uh, you know, <laughs> nice. One of the scenes, but but uh, what, what was it in Saving Private Ryan? That whole monologue at the end of the at the end of the movie. Oh, I think fuck. he didn't he he take that. He has and, a. He did his own thing with that, right? I don't know if he like. Well, it, yeah, it's like this whole long thing where he's talking. It's the very end of the movie, and he's talking where he, you know, because the whole time they're trying to figure out what he was, and he finally comes out and tells him he's a teacher and this and that because he was the officer. Uh huh. And uh, and it was just this long thing because he's dying basically at the end, and it's it's just it's emotional. I mean, that movie itself is. You know, we did we did uh, you know, Band of Brothers last right. last Veterans Day. Um, I think. Uh, this would be a good one for this Veterans Day. Yeah, uh, because that's great. Because we even actually talked about doing one or the other. We ended up doing Band of Brothers because we were yeah. We had the time. Saving Private Ryan <laughs> but, is so so much, very much on the same line. Matter of fact, I can't remember one came before the other. I think Saving Private Ryan. Saving came Private first Ryan then, came first because that kind of gave them the budget to do yeah. the longer one. But it's, it's yeah. interesting well, it, looking at the and Tom Hanks is involved with it too. Right, he was right. involved with Band of Brothers. Right, and they're. You know, here you have a two-hour movie that does, oh. you know, it's got to tell the story in a different way. And so it'd be good to talk about it's, kind of how... They it's almost three hours. Story. It's almost okay. three. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, I was like, I was like two hours. No, it's it feels... Some, but it is... My point is the storytelling has to be done a little differently than yeah. when you have a, when you have yeah. a miniseries. But then you also have Forrest Gump. I mean, he's done some iconic roles, and this is this is one where it's... it. He just... I, I'm almost thinking, like I said, I think he's too high profile to pull this character off. Like you, you couldn't get away from the. I could not Maybe. not see Tom Hanks in it. it it's like yeah, I, I get that. I don't mind high profile. I just think the way they went about the character just it just didn't. Well, I mean, didn't jive there's some with, there, with the, there's some characters you just can't. I mean, Tom Cruise now. Tom Cruise cannot play anything but Tom Cruise. I get that. Yeah. I well, think Tom Hanks is almost he dresses in a suit and tries to fool you. Where what was it in the in the? Uh, uh, <laughs> You're talking about Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. Where <laughs> I remember watching that movie and it was only only like two thirds of the way through that I kind of went, wait a second, you know, and I realized that it was him. You know, that's that's they pulled a fast one on me when I. Yeah, saw that. but that is a minor character. Yeah. That you see for a very very short time, and he has a very like this. I mean, he is completely the the. The comb over fat suit thing. Oh yeah. my god, that was so good. It's great. The dance but, at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I that was that was a good one. But I mean, yeah, it's one of those things where this is such a character though where you almost it's hard to pull away from it. And I, I think it hurt the movie a little bit. Um but then again, like I said, uh Adam uh, Austin uh, Butler kills it as Elvis. Um there's yeah. nobody else really that you need to worry about because nobody else needs to look like anybody. Um, I don't know. Uh, it's Olivia DeJong that played Priscilla. Right. I don't know 
I don't know how much she looked like Priscilla looked. Because I don't know what Priscilla looked like. I, I don't think <laughs> you know. we're actually going for a direct lookalike. And, you, you know, even... Okay. So, but uh, but she was certainly... She had a she had a quality that I that that was that they had a spark. There were there was a couple moments. Maybe it was just when they first met. But I was like, I could see I could see Elvis being a little attracted to maybe it was the dialogue or just the way she she uh, delivered her. The lines. fact that but, she was fourteen though. <laughs> I'm just yeah. gonna say. <laughs> right. But we don't know that when we're watching the movie, uh, you know. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, um, these days we we have to frown on that because it's not uh, legal, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't legal then either. Wasn't legal then. Either. Well, I mean, they were yeah. in Tennessee. I'm not sure yeah. what the legality yeah. was. Um, there was a uh, Hank Sto- Hank Snow was uh, one of the the singers in the beginning. He was the country guy that was real proper. Oh yeah, sure. That was the guy from uh, from our podcast when we did. Uh, what was it? The second? No, the first season of Iron Fist, right? That was, and he was also in Lord of the Rings. Oh, oh, he is. He's Lord of the Rings. That's what I know him from Lord of the Rings. I was like, oh my god, it's him. David, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, David I didn't even Wenham, think about. Yeah, he was in Iron Fist. He was the. I didn't even think dad. about Iron yeah. Fist. Yeah. yeah, he was the dad. That's yeah. funny. Um, yeah, watching him in that, I was like, oh, he's so different. So, <laughs> but I bought it. But I bought it. Yeah. Um, so good. Um. I think this was a good movie. I, I would recommend this to people, um, especially anybody that's ever been into Elvis at all for his songs. And and like I, I won't say I'm a huge Elvis fan. Like I don't go, like he's not on my birthday my birthday uh, three hour uh, playlist. There's no yeah. Elvis songs on there. But if an Elvis song comes on, there's ninety percent chance that I know what it is and I'm singing along. He's got some. Uh, Austin Butler has some, you know, Oscar buzz. I I remember a couple years. Oh really? Ago, okay. A few years ago, it was Bohemian Rhapsody with uh, Rami Malek, I believe, played played the lead. Which that's now that's a that's a biopic that I didn't care for as much. To me, that that was something that that just I don't know something about it didn't quite, <laughs> didn't quite uh, connect with me. It seemed a little bit too. And they even had the Elton John one too at the same time, and it was like they went two different directions. The 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 Freddie Mercury I de- biopic went I in more of a straightforward manner, whereas the Elton John went in some sort of fantasy world where they all did broke out into song and dance for everything. It was weird. I didn't uh, watch the Elton John one. I watched the first third, and then I that I couldn't. It, it just wasn't engaging I, to I, me. I I don't so, know an Elton John song to to save my life. If someone so, said, hey. Tell me an Elton John song, or or you have to, you know, whatever, hundred push-ups. I'm like, fuck. All right, start counting them off. Oh, okay. I, I, <laughs> well, I I got you beat there. I remember, you know, Rocket Man. And I remember from my growing up, I'm still standing. That was a big one on MTV, and so I'm still standing. But oh, okay, see, I, I I'll know the song. I just I don't know who sung it. No, that's good. But, I, but out of those three, I think those are a lot of the the kind of the three musical biopics uh, that are current. Okay. I would put this one at the one I'd recommend the most, even though there were a lot of true, things true, about true. It that didn't didn't work for me. It just seemed it is entertaining. I, it is entertaining though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and I like you know, I, I like that they you have movies out you out there that introduce you to things that you can look up and do some research and find things out. Well, like I said, this made me want to know more about Elvis. Yeah. Um, watching the the Bohemian Rhapsody. I didn't want to know anything more about Queen. Matter of fact, I went on our, uh, we had a playlist that had a couple Queen songs. I went in and took <laughs> them off. <laughs> That's right. I remember going over to your house and parties and stuff and Queen songs would come on. You're like, yeah, 
I got to take these off at some point. These are driving me nuts. I don't know how they got on there. <laughs> oh, it's, it, it was like it was like Apple just said, hey, you like that song? Well, you're going to like Queen and do a bunch of Queen songs on it. Like, no, no, you motherfucker. No, I don't. No. We had like 23 hours of, of a playlist. And like, it seemed like every other song was a Queen song. Like, no, yeah. mother, we didn't even put any Queen songs on there. Come on. I like a lot of Queen songs, but it does seem that there, <laughs> there, there are times in my life, maybe it was with Wayne's World or Bohemian oh, right, Rhapsody right, right. when that came out, that it just seemed they got overplayed. And it's just, you get, for sure, you get overwhelmed with it. And it's like, I don't know if I can keep, keep listening yeah. to this every time I turn on the radio. So here, here's, here's my, um, here's my, my pitch right now. Uh, uh, Boz Lerman does a uh, what, what do you call this a bio a bio biopic what biopic of Michael Jackson oh okay yeah bridge I the, would love to bridge the uh, I would, we got Lisa yeah. Marie you can, yeah okay I would love to see that oh my yeah oh, god damn I didn't even think about that you know what but they no do. I just so so they did this with um, uh, oh shit what's his name he does uh, along the watchtower who's the What's the what's the folk singer uh, that's still around? Oh. That's a good question. <laughs> yeah, uh, You're the I Dylan, Bob Steve. Dylan. Bob Dylan. Bob, okay. Dylan. <laughs> Bob Dylan. They did a Bob Dylan, and, and, and I'm I'm gonna, I'm not going to talk about this very well because I actually didn't see it. But I think it was a it was a they did a biopic on Bob Dylan, but it, they did a series of different different takes on it, and they cast different people in the role. Of, oh shit. Of. Bob Dylan in different. In fact, I, I know that who's who's the one that played uh, the ba- big bad in in uh, your favorite uh, Thor Ragnarok, the the sister, the what's her name? Oh, uh, you, you're Hella. That that yeah. was um. Oh, well, she, what is her name? Um, goddamn. But she got a lot of acclaim for playing Bob Dylan in in a in this in this uh, biopic. What? Kate ba- Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. Yeah, Bob Dylan. Yes, take a look at her uh, her uh, um, biography of, of films, and you'll see it there. Um, my point is, though, I wouldn't mind seeing a a Michael Jackson collection of shorts, much like that. And you, you know, you cast different roles, but then you have Baz Luhrmann do one, and I'd love to see Quentin Tarantino do one. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just my my take on the. Oh on my this. God, Quentin Tarantino doing well, a Michael Jackson. Well, he's got to do the thriller one. He's got to do the thriller episode. Oh, would that would? Well, what, I know he's got to do the one where his hair catches on fire or something. I don't know. Oh shit! The Pepsi commercial. <laughs> right there, you go. But then, but then turn it into a uh, a uh, Quentin Tarantino movie and have different consequences. Like maybe he goes up, you know, up in flames completely. <laughs> oh shit! I just I just think um, I mean our our generation could. I mean we haven't had a Michael Jackson movie that i can think of like that really covered no but him. we lived we lived michael jackson it might be but i mean we lived it but we didn't get the details behind like i mean this is this is what we got in this movie is we got some of the details behind the scene yeah. and we want more i want more i want there, more. there will be a michael jackson movie at one at some point because because it's just they need to do it now this is this is the time <laughs> to strike strike now yes <laughs> <laughs> I, I I mean this is this this to me really showed like of of all the I mean there's there's some other mu- musicians 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 uh, <laughs> I can say the words uh, <laughs> that I would love I mean uh, Tom Petty he's another one that like I would love to see just 
the life of Tom Petty just because I know he's done so much incredible shit. Yeah. Like, uh, there's just there's some things like that, but yeah, definitely Michael Jackson for sure. Like needs now, now when you're talking about biopic, you're talking about a dramatization like 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 what we're seeing. I think I think I'm a sure dramatization. There's, there's, there's documentaries out there about these artists that I think the dramatization would be more viewed. Like I think I think it would get a better viewage. Like. Yes, no, the truth, no, I get is, it. It the, the truth is out there, and we we want to <laughs> see it. But I think I think the way people look at stuff is like, yeah, no, no, keep that sugar glaze over it. Let let, 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 let let's doc, keep that. Doc, documentaries are one thing, but we want to be entertained with your your bias. Yeah, let's you know. <laughs> yeah, take that shit to eleven. Don't don't give me the real shit. Take that shit to eleven. Exactly. That's what they wanted to do in the first place with their uh, right. Their exactly. You know. So. <laughs> But I mean, like uh, Tom Petty, Michael Jackson, uh, Billy Idol would be another one that I think would be incredible fun. Just because I, I, me personally, I I could li- I could watch a movie of Billy Idol just for two hours of his music. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it just things like that. But I mean, there's so many so many cool ones. But I think Michael Jackson is prime right now as far as the people that would be enjoying his music, enjoying the story of him, are at that right age of we're the ones that are are tuning in to to these kind of things like and he, and he certainly has a, a story arc with his life you know it's not it's oh not just, fuck god oh my yeah, god yeah. i think almost even more so than elvis yeah. i mean very if not more very much in line with started young crazy fucking family dynamics yeah died under suspicious crazy fucking you know the only thing he didn't have was a a, a a crazy sandwich that he liked you know but he also did some other fucking weird yeah, shit yeah. He, he invited you know the children over to spend their time yeah with him, well so I'm sure i mean that. he named his kid blanket who names their kid blanket i mean it's just there's some other craziness that michael jackson is on there maybe that's why it's not being done is because it's still too fresh I mean, we still hear, like, just recently, if I'm not mistaken, Macaulay Culkin came out and, and like, said some shit that was like, yeah, let, let me clear out, let me clear the, 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 the room out and say, hey, this is what really went down. And I don't know if it was good or bad for, for Michael and his camp, but, uh, you know, there... <laughs> I'm adding to that that to my list of things I'm going to look up. So now I've got look up is Macaulay Culkin and what he said. Pussy, Kempo Elvis, and, and Macaulay and, and Michael. You know, <laughs> that's now. I now what I need to happen is 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 Cindy needs to come in and just see this list. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Wet ass pussy and uh, Elvis Kempo. Like what the hell is Steve trying to get into? <laughs> Um, no, it, this is this is a good one, and like I said, if you enjoyed um, Elvis's music, if you, uh, I, I don't even know if, if I would say this needs to be an Elvis head. Like you need to be like so into Elvis that you you are. Matter of fact, I think if you are too much into Elvis, this might not be a fun film for you. You know what I mean? This this might this might kind of like oh that's. You might get too caught up into that's not correct and that's not how he was and I get that that's fair yeah, yeah people are going to be I'm, a little resistant to the the choices that the director makes and how they portray because it's it certainly does uh, take some liberties with with 
So you know it'd be funny. So uh, one of my aunts that's still around, uh, she lives up in Sacramento. I'd love to go talk to her about this because I have a feeling. I know she was into the Beatles, but I have a feeling she was probably into Elvis too. Um, she she was kind of at that age. Uh, I almost would like to see what she had to say about this, just to see like like what she thought about it because, you know, she she would tell me honestly too, and she you know, I love I love when you talk to to old relatives, they don't hold anything back. You know what I mean? Like they don't they don't sugarcoat shit for sure. you. <laughs> they, yeah, just, they just and so I would love to talk to my aunt Krista about this. Is like, hey, you know, what do you think of this? And I, I would just love to see what she said because uh, this is someone that would have been around at that time that would have been into that 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 music and into that era. And she she probably saw him. I just pulled up a movie that I saw years ago, but it's a it's one from that time frame too, or from that kind of carried on with the Beach Boys, who were also big probably around the Fuck, time. right? So there was Love and, Love and Mercy, which was a movie that came out in 2014. And it's got Paul Dano, who we talked a lot about when we were covering yeah. uh, the... Uh, <laughs> there Will Be Blood. There Will Be Blood, there you go. It's also got John Cusack, who plays like an older... Older. Love John Cusack. Yeah, I, I, I thought he was he was fine in this, but I didn't I didn't get the Paul Dano. Did his sister get Did his sister get a role? Because she usually shows up when he's there. <laughs> he usually uh, drags her along. No, this was again. They, <laughs> they both played the same role. Uh, Paul Dano, oh, okay. played the younger version, and and uh, oh, got it. And John Cusack played the older version of uh, what's, <laughs> what's his name, um, Brian Wilson. So, but that's an interesting movie, and it really. It's it's that was another movie that got me doing a lot of research on the Beach Boys. Cause, okay. Uh, so, so I'll another another group I didn't care for. Never really got into their music. Right, but you will you will be fascinated. I mean, I was really drawn towards so much more of their music because they have they it, it wasn't just Surfing USA. This was it, <laughs> there was uh, you know yeah. I mean, they got into was, some. Uh, I, there yeah. was other stuff. But like I said, I just was never. But also, when that was big, or I mean, it was on the outs when I was coming up, I guess you know, as a young child, oh, yeah. I was into way different music. Well, we know him I'm, from uh, what was the cocktail, Barubo, Jamaica, ooh, yeah. Right. But that that was that was that was the geriatric Beach Boys. You know, that wasn't. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, they're old enough to drink. I mean, that's that's where we were just not their their age range. They're singing about booze, and we're like, what? Uh, okay. Um, awesome. Uh, so, All right, next uh, week. <laughs> next week, next week, we're going to hit, uh, we're back to MCU. We're going to bring back uh, Bo and Nina. We're going to hit Moon Knight, which was, was out quite a while. Uh, this is a, a Marvel release um, miniseries. This is, yeah, this is off of our regular MCU every three weeks. We're yeah. Doing, we're doing movies, but this is one we're filling in because they, they, they dropped this about, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, this is it, some of the like news. Like three months ago on, on, on Disney. Oh, more than that. It's it's a while. It's been okay. a while. We, we should have done this one a while ago. Uh, we just had so much other Disney stuff going on and so much other. Uh, but we're going to hit that. Uh, followed by, yep. we're going to come back with uh, Endgame, which, oh my God, I can't wait for. I mean, I'm yeah. just... I'm yeah. chomping at the butt. I want to watch it I'm so bad. That one. I, I, don't, I don't think I was quite as enamored as I remembered with uh, Infinity War, but Endgame certainly. See, uh, now I was I, the opposite. I I loved Infinity War so much more than I remembered. Like rewatching it, I was like, "Holy shit, this yeah. is so good." Yeah. Now uh, I am in the opposite, where I remember not as enjoying Endgame as much. I mean, there were some scenes that I enjoyed, but there was also like. I, we'll get into it, but I was just yeah. like, 
I didn't enjoy it as I, I thought Infinity War was a better movie, but that doesn't mean I'm not excited because I enjoyed Infinity War the second time so much more. I'm hoping that that carries over to enjoying Endgame even more. One so, of the things we'll, we'll... that Endgame, I, I panicked after seeing Infinity War because I thought it was a, it was a good enough movie in the theater that I was really excited about where it was going to go. But I remembered being fooled by The Matrix when we because I, I did enjoy I'm one of the I, I, I will admit to enjoying the second Matrix, The Matrix uh, Reloaded. I thought that was exciting. It had some cool parts and stuff like that. And I was so excited about where they were going to take the final Matrix Revolution. And I, and by the time that came came out, I was so let down. And, you know, there was so much. Oh, it on, was bad. There was so was much. so on, bad. There was so much on the Internet that was so much smarter. You know, you, 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 you <laughs> just got your feet off of all these possibilities and stuff. And so it just kind of landed like a, you know, like a splat on the ground. Like, oh, what's this pile of turd? So, yeah. so I think I I was more prepared for being let down by Endgame, and it probably made it that much better when I saw it. Okay. So, uh, so I'll be they, they, I'll be interested in watching it again before we podcast to see where it, where it's where they it have some now, nowadays. They have some incredible credible stuff in it, and there's also some kind of uh, stuff. Well, in they it, deal but... with they deal with time travel, so that's always a that's always a yeah. a, a warning sign. So <laughs> gets you in trouble. True. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, before we get to that, we're gonna talk Moon Knight, uh, yep. Disney Disney six six episode miniseries. Uh, I I will watch it again. Um, I won't say I'm excited to watch it again, but I will watch it again. And uh, I don't know we'll if I'll watch it, it again. Yeah, I watched it a few weeks ago. We were originally gonna gonna podcast on it, and uh, oh okay, to... I didn't I didn't watch it that then. I I haven't watched it since I, since I originally watched it. So, yeah. uh, but I do have some good podcasts that I'm gonna listen to. Um, just a quick plug to anybody's out there that loves MCU stuff or uh, uh, Star Wars or just um, superhero stuff. Uh, Hero Movie Podcast does another thing called 30 Questions. So they do a Star Wars 30 Questions or a Marvel 30 Questions, and they actually go through episode by episode on, like, they did Loki, they did Wanda, they did, uh, you know, all, all of them, but they did Moon Knight also. So much fun, so much fun to watch that. So if you, uh, thirty questions, if, do people submit the questions or do they come up with questions and then they, talk about them? It's 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 both. It's it's uh, it's listener uh, submitted questions and there are thirty and so they do thirty total. There's three guys and they read ten each, I think, and so it's a kind of a combination of it, and it it is so much fun because they bring up so much cool stuff and these guys are these guys are true. Uh, movie nerds uh, love the the Marvel like not just the Marvel but the superhero genre. They're they're into it. Uh, they have a lot of knowledge of film and stuff yeah. like that. A lot. It's it's and they were all stand up comic comedy or comics at one point. So hero so movie they're, podcast. So they're, sharp, they're quick on their toes. Yeah. This literally is is uh you know outside of our own podcast. I think this they have the best podcast on on the the interwebs. Uh, by my estimation, I mean, I, I listen, <laughs> I listen to them as soon as they come out. They, I get the email Sunday night uh, that they got a release, and I listen to it first thing Monday morning, every Monday morning. <laughs> I like the I'm idea of questions, of though. I think that'd be good for us to kind of come to our podcast oh god with with a few questions that we could throw out to to everyone and discuss. I yeah okay. On that, if you're still with us, email us at the dot, <laughs> the dot hwsi dot podcast at gmail.com. It's in every one of our, uh, if you listen to us onto a podcast app, it's there is a link to our, our email in there. 
email us with questions uh, that you want us to answer or movies you want us to watch anything ask us you know what is steve's favorite drink you know something <laughs> anything you know what 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 is it we, you want to know uh i would love to see some emails um, you know, we, we've got an average of about 15 to 20 to listeners. I know it's not no, nothing to you know, like we're not we're not killing the airways, but <laughs> I would love to hear from you guys if you're still listening. Uh, you know, as Bo always says, rate, review, and subscribe on on your favorite podcast uh, catcher, um, especially on Apple. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, I was I was just laughing because. Uh, one of the things uh, 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 the guys on HMP always say is like, you know, leave us a five star review and then, you know, steal your, your friend's uh, or your grandma's uh, phone and leave us one on hers too. <laughs> so, so I've been doing that lately. Anytime I can get a hold of someone oh. else's phone, I, I've been leaving them a five star podcast. Oh, uh, yeah. You leaving so them. Why did you, are you leaving us one too? <laughs> No, I haven't, but I thought about that. Uh, I, but it, I, I was like, yeah, so, yeah, leave us a five-star review if you can, especially on Apple. That I think it would be cool. I'll, I will definitely read them if we get new ones. Uh, nice. You know, I think it would be a lot of fun. Um, but that's us uh, at Here We See uh, How We Seize It. <laughs> Here We Seize It. How We Seize It. Uh, <laughs> join us again next week for Moon Knight, uh, the week after for Endgame, or uh, send us an email or message us on our Facebook or Instagram and let us know what you want to hear, and we will we will tackle those, I guarantee. That's right. And uh, I guess that's it, so hail Caesars. That's right, hail Caesars. Caesars have left the building. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was lame. <laughs> No, it actually wasn't, though. <laughs> but I like it. The Caesars have left the building. <laughs> what does that even mean? What does that mean?